0: Thank you, great job. Thank you, Aaron, on the violin. Super, good job. Um, I meant to mention something else just a moment ago before I share my message with you. We are giving you a gift here in our church uh, for our senior high students all the way up to senior adults. We have a a book that a good friend of mine has written, and the church has purchased it. And you'll see on the back of the book, it says something like $15.99 or $17.99. We did not pay that amount for it. Uh, We paid about $5 a piece for it, but they're in the lobby. We want you to have it. Pastor Greg Mott has written a wonderful devotional called Capture the Moment. And so we have, as a Christmas gift to you as a church, we want to make sure you get a copy of that. It's a 365-day devotional that I would encourage you to read it throughout uh, next year, 2022, which you know is coming, like, really soon. Does it feel like Christmas Eve is like Friday? Can it be? I mean, Christmas Eve, we'll be back in here at 5 o'clock. Christmas Eve, have a wonderful service planned for you. And then Christmas Day is Saturday. I'm. T- it seems like when we hit Thanksgiving, I turn around and, and, you know, it's like it's Christmas, you know. And then we're into the new year. But we do want to bless you with that gift. Uh, I, I think you'll really enjoy it. I know you have other devotionals you read and, and other plans in your quiet time, but want to mention that to you. As you go out, we'll have people to hand it to you. It's a free gift. Capture the moment. I want to make sure that you grab a copy of it. I'm still just thanking the Lord for uh, the great weekend we had last weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, the Christmas at, at Great Hills. Uh, we had close to 1,000 people register to ride the train that we know of who rode the train probably had another thousand people that didn't register but they got in that long line if you were here over here on building a and rode the train and we had a phenomenal three nights met so many people in the community they thanked me over and over uh, for us hosting this we didn't charge anything everything was free the train ride all the drinks and uh, the entertainment uh, the food trucks they did a charge we provided the food trucks but they charged what they They needed to, Uh, but what a great... And I just shared a couple of comments with you. A couple of moms came up to me and said, look, thank you for putting this on because I wanted to make sure my kids could go somewhere and understand what Christmas was really all about. And so that was that was a blessing. As you rode the train, you saw the live scenes from the Nativity to the Magi to all the way to the the cross and then the resurrection. What great job! Two hundred plus of you volunteered to do that. We've already put it on the calendar for next year, and it's going to be so good. I can't wait till we do it again next year. I love Christmas. Can you tell? The other comment that I wanted to share with you is one mom said. You know, thank you for doing something in Austin that is spiritual and not just secular. Uh, we have to drive many, many miles to Burnett or wherever to go get something that captures the real meaning of Christmas that's also entertaining. So thank you. And I just want to say again, thank you, uh, Great Hills. All right, today is our second message in, a, in, a, in three sermons that I'm preaching here this, uh, this uh, Christmas season called No Fear, No Fear. This Christmas. And our text is Matthew chapter 1. We'll read verses 18 through 25. If you were with us last week, we looked at the message that Gabriel, the wonderful angel who appeared to Mary, and told her the same thing that the angel is going to tell Joseph today. And the basic message is this stop being afraid, do not fear. I think that is the greatest message that I could share with you in my Christmas story sermon today is let us not be afraid. Let us not be fearful or frightened or timid, full of trepidation and fear, but rather let us have joy. Let us have faith. Let us believe that the God of miracles is still alive today today performing miracles and so this text is called what a dream that's the title of my sermon based on the text and you'll see why in just a moment because this is quite the dream that joseph had that god gave him this dream gave him this gift and the angel appeared to joseph and told him basically what gabriel told mary and that was the christmas message of do not fear and i know there's a lot of fear and i'm not minimizing that Um, but you know there was a lot of fear When Jesus was born, if you'll think with me for a moment, just the hostility that existed between the Romans and the Jews. The Jews were fearful that at any moment that Rome would clamp down with an iron fist and occupy and totally remove every amount of freedom that the Jews had. And that day came. In A.D. 74, 960 Jews committed suicide in a place called Masada. Why did, you, why did they do that? Because Rome had invaded and taken over, and the Jews ran to the mountain there in Masada, had a chance to go there a couple of times. It is this remarkable place. You can see it make a wonderful hideout. And 960 Jews committed suicide before they surrendered to the Romans. So this fear was already there, this, this worry, this angst, this anxiety. And now this new fear comes in. Joseph is engaged to Mary. And their engagement is a whole lot deeper than our mere engagement. This betrothal, they were treated as husband and wife. They were looked upon as husband and wife, except the fact that they didn't live together. I'll talk to you more about that. It's fascinating. They stayed separated until they consummated the marriage, but there was this fear that Joseph's like, oh, no, Mary is pregnant. Now think about it from his vantage point. You're engaged. Uh, You know, you didn't have anything to do with this. And so she must have been unfaithful, right? I mean, how else do you get pregnant? You know what I'm saying? And he's thinking, oh, no. Can you imagine just a moment, the fear and even the hurt? And some of you have experienced that, by the way. Some of you have experienced that hurt. And that is a pain and a hurt like no other, right? And so Joseph is experiencing this because, after all, his betrothed wife-to-be, Mary, is pregnant. So there's a lot of fear even within the first Christmas narrative. I thought about some other things, some fear inducing things that would cause us really to paralyze us if we let it, but I don't want us to let it. I think about the Omicron, the new variant of the pandemic. 800,000 people have died, not from Omicron, but from COVID 19. One in every 100 elderly people in America have died because of COVID. I want you to wrap your mind around that for just a moment. One in every 100. You said, I thought this was a sermon that not to be afraid and fearful. And if you're talking about all these fearful things, well, I'm talking about reality. These are 5.3 million people have died. The homicide rates now in multiple cities across America are skyrocketed. I mean, um, it's just, it's tragic what is happening in some of our cities. Have you been watching the news in Kentucky? Do you know one of those tornadoes was on the ground for 200 miles can, can you imagine? I've lived through many a hurricane, and no tornadoes. For 200 miles, I can't imagine the fear and the pain and the devastation that that caused. China and Russia are rattling their swords, and they are collaborating. They're coming together, and that's put a lot of fear in Washington, D.C., like why are enemies talking to one another like that? And so there's worry. There's this angst. And so somebody asked Denzel Washington, the, the Hollywood actor, they said, what do you think about all this? really interesting. Denzel Washington, who's a professed believer, said these words, and I quote him, this is nothing but spiritual warfare. So, I'm not looking at it from an earthly perspective. If you don't have a spiritual anchor, you're going to be easily blown by the wind, and that will lead you to depression, end of quote. Wow. Personal fears, economic fears, global fears, fear, 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 and into our fear just like in the first century, God says, watch this. And God comes and God does what only God can do. That supernatural shaft of light, that beam of light that radiates into our darkness and illuminates everything. The Bible says this before I read my my main verse, for God has not given us Y'all remember this verse, 2 Timothy 1, 7? I I encourage you to memorize it. For God has not given us a spirit spirit of phobia, of fear, but of what? But of power and what? Love Love and what else? And a sound mind. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's focus now on faith. And by the way, I share all those stats and that information with you just to prove to you that I'm not oblivious to what's going on in our world, and in spite of everything that's going on in our world, I still have hope, I still have confidence, and I still have faith. You know why? Because Jesus is born. He has come. Let's, let's read it together. I'm going to read it out loud for you. Here it comes. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, y'all all right? Y'all know what that means? Before they came together. Okay, I just want to make sure everybody knows what that means, all right? She was found with child of the Holy Spirit. How did that happen? Before they came together, how did she get pregnant? Well, this is a miracle. A miracle of miracles that she is going to have a baby, but has had no sexual relations with a man. How in the world does this happen? This is a miracle. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man... And not wanting to make her a public example was minded to put her away secretly, to divorce her, right? To put her away, even before the marriage is actually consummated, because obviously she's been unfaithful, right? Obviously she's been unfaithful. So he needs to do the right, just thing and put her away, let her stay with her mom and dad, and he'll go on his carpentry, do his own life, live his own life. But God intervened. Isn't that just like God? When night is the darkest and we don't understand what in the world is going on, God says, watch this. He says, I specialize in your problems. I can make a way when there seems to be no way. And here it comes. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Don't be afraid to take Mary to be your wife For that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, behold, love this. The virgin shall be with child and bear a son 700 years prior. This is he's quoting Isaiah 714. Behold. A virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they will call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did. Something about that little verb just got all over me Monday when I was writing the sermon. Joseph did. He did. He obeyed as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and so he took Mary to be his wife. And he did not know her. Just make sure y'all understand what that means, all right? He did not have any kind of those kind of relationships with her until she had brought forth her firstborn son and called his name. Let's say it together. Jesus. And called his name, Jesus. Today, I want to walk through this text with you for a few minutes and look at, at Joseph, whom i have given this phrase, a just man. I want to explore his, his dream with us for a few moments as well. And then I want to go back to the did, the D-I-D. And just really, if I could encapsulate my message in just a word, it would be this. Let's do what Joseph did. Let's be just. Let's receive the miraculous from God and then let us do. So first of all, here he is in verse 19. The Bible says that Joseph is a just man. And the word just there, when you translate it, there's multiple translations of the Greek word. But let me give you a couple of the definitions. It means to be upright. It means to be righteous, to be virtuous. It means to keep the commandments of God. So if this carpenter was a religious man, a man who loved God. Of humble, uh, of humble beginnings, humble in the in the eyes of many. Just just like Mary, as some would even refer to her as a, as a peasant, a peasant girl, and certainly not of royalty. Certainly not, you know, living. Uh, in, in Jerusalem or being, you know, some prominent figure, queen, you know, princess royalty. No, just Joseph. And Mary. Joseph is a just man, a righteous man, but he's also a compassionate man. It, it says here in verse 19 that he, you know, he has the opportunity, Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and he doesn't want to make an example of her. Isn't that powerful? He doesn't want to put her on public display. And part of my research, I, I, I read and I was reminded that in Deuteronomy, Joseph had the right to put her on public display and have her stoned to death. That, could be, that was a warranting for death penalty because she had been unfaithful. And so the law provided that out that... Her, the, the violated person could put this woman on and say, look, she has been unfaithful, but he didn't do that. In fact, that was the furthest thing from his mind. He, he just wanted to just handle this discreetly behind the scenes and say, Mary, I wish you the best. I wish it would have worked out, but obviously you've been very unfaithful to me. And so in his mind, he's going to do the right thing, the compassionate thing, and just part ways. And I, I just, I got a lot of admiration for him. I got a lot of respect for him. The Bible specifically says Joseph was just and he was compassionate trying to do the right thing. One writer puts it this way, and I want to read this to you. It gives a good description of what's going on. While little is said about Joseph, one can imagine how his heart must have been broken, right? Would your heart be broken? I know mine would. He genuinely loved Mary, and yet the the word came that she was pregnant. His love for her was demonstrated by his actions. He chose not to create a public scandal by exposing her condition to the judges at the city gate. Such an act could have resulted in Mary's death by stoning Deuteronomy 22, 23, and 24. Instead, he decided to divorce her quietly. In light of this declaration, Joseph was not to be afraid to take Mary into his home. Come on now. Joseph, I know what you think, but what you're thinking is wrong. I've got, I've got news for you, Joseph. This is not at all. I know in your mind, you think you understand what's happening here, but Joseph, you don't understand what's happening here. There would be misunderstanding in the community and much gossip at the well, but Joseph, he knew. He knew the true story of Mary's pregnancy, and he also knew God's will for his life. End of quote. A just man, a compassionate man. Um, This is the kind of guy, ladies, who are single, this is the kind of guy you're looking for. He's a just man. He's an honorable man. He's a hardworking man. He is a man that loves God and loves you. And we have lots of single ladies in our church and many who are watching uh, online. I know this is not a sermon about marriage, but can I just say just a couple of words about marriage, if that's okay? I've been married for 35 years. Best years of my life, amen. There she is, sitting on the front row. And the thing that I think Joseph and Mary had, and it's what I think every great marriage will—it's—it's it's love and respect. You have to love one another and respect one another. And actually, we—I was writing this sermon on, on Monday morning, and. And uh, it's just kind of funny. I don't know why this is so funny to me, but this is our relationship. I'll just kind of let y'all into our, our relationship here for just a little bit. And, I, and, and we treat each other with great love and respect in the way we talk to one another. There's a lot of please, there's a lot of thank you, and there's a lot of I appreciate you, and that's just kind of the way we treat one another. But mom, my mama wants to make a point. She knows how to make a point. Can I get a witness any brothers here today? Y'all know what I'm saying? Every wife has a look. And every wife has a tone, a tone of voice. And it went something like this. Okay, dear, I know you're working on your sermon. I'm about to go to H-E-B and pick up my groceries, our groceries. We got a fancy H-E-B up there in Liberty Hill. I'm telling you, got the little robotics thing going on. It it is a fancy H-E-B. She says, and when you see me on ring, anybody? (laughs) Y'all know what ring is? You know, the little camera? She goes, that will be your clue to quit working on your sermon and you need to come help me, Amen. She said, come help me unload these groceries. And I was like, you got it. Yes, ma'am. And sure enough, when she drives up in the, and my phone, goes beep, 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 your wife is here, your wife is here. I said, she can get the groceries on her own. <laughs> that's not what I did. Amen. I jumped out of that bed because that's where I'm studying. I'm writing on my sermon and go and, and help her out. And I, and I share this with you all because I attribute love and respect and us praying with each other as the key to our marriage. I don't know why I feel so impressed to share that with some of you. I'm just I'm talking about Joseph, and I'm talking about Mary, and their betrothed, they're about to get married, and I just wanted to offer that to you, but now I'm going back to my sermon. Joseph is a just man. Let's talk about his dream, all right? It's a phenomenal dream that he has. It's a, it's a miraculous, it's a supernatural thing that God does to send this angel. I call it no ordinary dream, but a life-altering dream that God speaks to him. And God pierces the darkness of night and confusion with truth, right? We, we know now looking back that Mary has been very faithful to God and to Joseph. Well, how in the world do you explain a pregnancy? My, what You ever heard of the, the virgin shall conceive? You ever heard of the virgin birth, the, mirac- the miraculous, the supernatural fact that this child is born of the Holy Spirit? Never has that happened before, never is it happening now, and never will it happen again. Isn't that just like God? Come and do the miraculous, the one we least expect it, even though it was prophesied 700 years prior. God comes through with his promise and says, Joseph, son of David, that's so important. He reminds him of who he is, of his lineage. He is in the line of King David. And everybody knows that the Messiah will come through Judah, come through the line of David, his posterity. You trace it all the way back. Joseph, even... This is really good. Even though he is not the biological father, God just goes on record to say, watch this. Even Joseph is of the lineage of David. And guess what lineage Mary is... Uh, Absolutely. It's the same. It's it's Judah. It's it's David. And so I think the angel, sometimes, some sometimes we just need to be told who we are. Sometimes in our fear and our worry and our doubt, we just need to be some some of you this morning just need to be here, hear this word. Hey, you're a child of God. (laughs) God loves you, God's for you. God's got big, big plans for you. And so the angel of the Lord says, Joseph, son of David. And I wonder if Joseph's Joseph's that's right. That's right. I almost forgot that. I am in David's line. And so he says that word, and then the second word, you see it? He said, Do not be afraid. In a dream. But it was profound. Can God still speak in dreams today? Well, absolutely. God can do anything. I know he did with Joseph. And his message to him then, I think it's the same message to somebody here today. You got you to stop being afraid. I, Brother Danny, you, you know, there's all these things. I know. I know all those things. I just, I just enumerated many of them for you but not to mention your own fear, the fear of your own finances and your marriage and your kids and your maybe your grandkids and all those fear-inducing elements. Could God today, through the simple Christmas message that he's given me, could God Almighty speak to you today through his word, call you by name and say these words, I am still God, stop. Stop being afraid. I've got this. I've got this. Here's what I want you to do, Joseph. I want you to take Mary to be your wife. This whole pregnancy thing is of God. She has not been unfaithful. She's been very faithful. And she's hurting. she, She doesn't understand what's going on. She's confused. She's going, ah, what is happening here, Lord? And so, Joseph, I need you to rise up. Be the man. Play the part. Take her. Take her as your beloved wife. Because what's happening here, Joseph, and this is all part of the dream, is Isaiah 7:14. When I was in school, I had a liberal professor try to tell me, yeah, that, that really doesn't mean that. When it says Isaiah 7:14, it just means a young woman. It, the Hebrew word doesn't necessarily mean virgin. And I just, I look back on that and I go, well, Matthew thought it was. <laughs> Matthew thought it meant virgin. Because Matthew chapter 1 quotes Isaiah 7.14 to eliminate any doubt about the Hebrew word. By the way, the Hebrew word Amma can mean virgin as well as young woman, just to go on record. This virgin shall conceive. He's quoting Isaiah 7.14 and bear a son and call his name Emmanuel. And imagine Joseph is going, oh my word, <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. Yes, I'm a, Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! This is happening, and to me, I imagine Joseph is going, "Us, Lord? Who am I? Who is she? What are we that? Oh my! What can you believe?" And I just want to say that is just like God. God is a God of surprise, the supernatural. He chooses what people reject. He maximizes oftentimes what we minimize. He. He places his supernatural upon the natural, and he does things far above we could ever ask, think, or imagine, Ephesians 3, 20. So the last thing I share with you by way of the message is obedience, the did, Joseph did. There's three things that he, that he does. First of all, he, he responded to the angel's message. All right? He said, okay, we're gonna do this. I'm not gonna be afraid. And then he went and took Mary and brought her to his home. Now, in the Hebrew custom, what would happen is the parents would arrange the marriage. Some of you parents are like, I wish we'd bring that custom back because I know better than that knucklehead knows. I mean, anyhow, I know. And they would arrange it, and then they would be betrothed. They would be engaged. They would basically be married. Okay, husband, y'all are Joseph, Mary, it's y'all going to be married, And they're like, okay, that's cool. And, but you got to live apart for a year, a whole year. And so for that year, Joseph is working and preparing, getting his house ready while Mary still lives at home. Joseph still lives at home. But when the day comes, and it was a big deal back then, when that day of day comes, there was a big processional. And Joseph and his family and his friends, they would, they would march down to Mary's house and, and Mary would come out, she was ready. I mean, man, she's all decked out and beautiful. And, and they're like, the year is over. You've been faithful, and that was a big deal. You have, you have demonstrated your purity, and you put on that white dress, and, and now you're going to consummate this marriage. And, and Joseph and, and is probably thinking, man, this is awesome. But, but then you know the story, you know the backstory. and they're going to kind of miss all that. Um, but that's okay. Sometimes, you know... Sometimes things don't turn out the way we wanted them to. But God's still in control. God still has a plan. Yeah, they may not have had the big grand processional and all, because, you know, I think Joseph just went and said, okay, you ready? We got to get this thing going, you know. Come on on and I'll take you in and we'll just let God work out the details. Here we are 2,000 years later. We're talking about Joseph. We're talking about Mary. Isn't that cool? Three things I want to leave you with, and, and, and number one is, and, and just want you to hear my heart on each one of these from the text, first of all is do not be afraid. Do not fear. Fear of faith, one of those is going to dominate our mind and our hearts. I was visiting with Zahaya. Zahaya Napa went to be with the Lord just a couple weeks ago. I, I don't know if y'all have heard that message or not. You probably have. 87 years of age, loved the Lord, converted out of uh, Islam to Christ, and got her PhD, University of Oklahoma, professor, brilliant lady. I mean, I saw her just a couple weeks before her death in the hospital, and she still had that smile and that wit, and she told me, and this was, this was the beginning of the end for Ms. Zahaya, when she fell at home, she lay on the floor for two days with a broken femur and a broken arm. And I asked her, I said, Zaheia, what in the world was that like? And she said, God and I had a conversation. She said, I was mad and I was letting him have it. You know what I'm saying? And I just kind of laughed. And then she said, I said, well, surely you dozed off. You fell asleep in two days. She said, I, I couldn't. She said, the pain was unbearable. And so for two days, I said, how did, what in the world? How did you make it? And I want to share her quote with you. I will... This will probably forever be with me. And here's what she said. She said, Pastor, you either, you either trust God or you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I said, yes, ma'am. I said, well, I just felt convicted. I said, do you want to lead us in prayer? I'm the one supposed to be praying. But I mean, like, you, you either trust God or you don't. And it reminded me of Damon West's quote when he spoke here. In October of this year, he said these words. He said, If you're gonna worry, don't pray. <laughs> but if you're gonna pray, somebody help me. Don't worry. Ain't that good? Don't fear. Yeah, but I, I, I can't see a way out. Don't fear. Yeah, but you you don't understand. I don't, but he does. But you, you don't know what this is going to mean to me. You, you don't know. You, you, just, you just have no. Are you going to trust God or not? That's it. Faith or fear, one will prevail. And I'm praying for you like it was for Joseph, that faith, faith in God will prevail. Number, number two is receive God's miracle for your life. Receive God's miracle. He has a miracle for you, and it's just for you. And I'm going to tell you how I know that. In all of this universe, there's only one you. Only one. You have your own DNA. You have your own craziness, your quirkiness, your own fingerprint. It was you and God put you in your mother's womb. He made you, he crafted you, he loves you. He has a plan, he has a plan. Trust God, trust God. Don't fear, but receive this miracle. Because I believe God has a miracle, a plan for every single one of us. If it wasn't true, I think he had already killed you. I really do. I think you'd already be in heaven. But God's not done. God's not through. Receive it. You say, well, "What? what's that miracle going to look like? I have no idea. But here's the thing. Don't box God in because God's big. He, he just works in ways that we just can't even fathom how good it can be. Receive it. I love this verse. In Lamentations 3, 22, 23 says, Through the Lord's mercies, We're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is God's faithfulness. I I, I hadn't planned on saying this, but I'm going to say it. I was worried about something the other day. Right now, I can't even remember what it was, but it was bothering me. He said, well, Brother Danny, worry is a sin. You're a sinful pastor. Okay, you got it. You got me. You got me. And I felt convicted because I woke up the next morning. and I said, Lord, I'm, I'm sorry. I, that was a sin of the mind just to be so consumed with that and worried about that. And y'all, I kid you not, like out of heaven, God said, My mercies are new today. It's okay. Go on. What sin? I've forgiven you. Get on. Man, I got in my car and I went 100 miles. I was just flying down Ronald Reagan. I was like, Woohoo! Forgiven. Not 100. Don't judge me. Please, please. <laughs> I got to be careful, preacher. Everything I say is analyzed and dissected and reminded. I wasn't going 100. Just ninety-eight. All right, so don't just just chill out on that. And it, but it was God just saying, "Look, it's okay. My mercies are new every morning." The last thing I'd share with you is this: obey God. Just obey God. You say, "Well, I like the don't worry part, don't fear part. I like the, I really like that. Receive the miracle part, but this part, ah." Uh, You know, five decades of living, 30 years of ministry, there's a lot I need to learn, but I've learned a few things, and here's what I've learned. Life turns out a lot better if you obey God. And I, I, I meet with some really hard situations. And I see where disobedience, where it leads and it's painful and, and and you can't go back. And some of you are faced with some decisions right now. And I, just want, I just want to whisper it in your ear, your decision will have impact. It, it will impact you for the rest of your life. So choose carefully and obey God. If, you, if you're questioning, if you're wondering if it's right, then don't do it. <laughs> just take the high road, take the narrow path and just say, I don't understand this completely, but I'm going to obey God because God loves me. God is for me. God wants to protect me. Obey Him. It always works out for the better. Some of you are uh, having a hard time. And what I'm about to say, I, I, mean, I mean this as a, an encouragement, and really I mean it as a compliment, and I hope you'll receive it this way because somebody actually spoke this word over my wife one time, and at first we're like, whoa, whoa, what, what is that? Did, what? And I, I believe it to be true, and I'm going to share it with you. I don't think I've ever shared this with you before. God will not just ask anybody to do what He's asking you to do. He trusts you with it. He trusts you with it. I hope you receive that as a compliment. Because some of you are hurting. Some of you are mad. Some of you are questioning. The mind of God. The Psalm. Of God. Can I just say it again? God won't just do that to anybody. He trusts you. He trusts you. Father, we thank you for our time together. Thank you for the Word of God. It's so powerful and it's so true and real and it's life giving. Thank you for Joseph, Lord. I, I appreciate this guy. A just man, a good man, a righteous man, a man who had compassion. Certainly, he was in the valley of decision, Jesus, and he didn't understand your birth, and he didn't understand what in the world was happening, but, but he trusted you, and I, I'm grateful for his example. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to him through that dream. Your heads are bowed, your eyes are closed, and I appreciate that because I'm about to share something with you. God may not choose a dream to speak to you. He might choose a sermon. You say, Well, Brother Danny, you ain't no Gabriel, you aren't no angel, but I guess you get you're what I got. Yep. God speaks, guys. God speaks through his word. He speaks through a man of God who's preaching the word of God. And if there was a revelation that came to you today that that really pounded your heart or it lifted your spirit, or it maybe even convicted you, don't look at me. Don't look at me. Look at him. He speaks. Oh, he speaks. And when he speaks, you know it's him. His voice is like a thunder. It's like a lightning. And it's also like a a salve or or an ointment or a healing. And would you receive his word today? Some of you, God has spoken to you in in such a clear, supernatural way. And he's revealed to you his love for you. He's, He's revealed to you that you don't know him. But he wants you to know him. And the way you know him is through his son. You have to receive the gift. The gift of Christmas is the gift of John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, that's you, whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him would be saved. I'm going to invite you who are sitting here today and those of you online, receive God's gift of salvation, forgiveness of sin, his mercy, his love. What do you need to do to receive it? You just have to say, Lord, I'm I'm needy. I'm bankrupt. Oh, not maybe financially, but I sure am spiritually. Lord, I receive you. I believe. I just believe. I believe that Jesus Christ was born of the Virgin Mary. I believe he lived an amazing life. I believe he died on a cross. I also believe God raised him from the dead. The world may think I've lost my mind, but I believe, I believe it all. And so today, God, I'm trusting you to be my Savior and my Lord. Hallelujah. Welcome. Welcome, my friend, to the family of God. The only thing I would ask of you today, whether you're online or whether you're here in person, would you please let us know Oftentimes these spiritual significant decisions are made and the temptation is, well, I'll just keep it to myself and I won't tell everybody. Let me ask you something. When you got married, did you keep that to yourself? Did you not tell everybody who would listen, hey, this is my husband. Hey, I married her, the girl of my dreams. Well, of course you did. Would you do that with Jesus? Would you just tell somebody? I made a commitment today. I give my life to him. Others of you here today, you know the Lord, you love the Lord, and I get that. But God spoke to you. I really believe God spoke to you. You may just just want to stand and just praise the Lord. You may want to come kneel at the altar. If you're married, you may want to just come pray with your spouse and say, we we need to treat each other with love and respect. I need to quit being so short with you. I'm so patient and loving with everybody at work and everybody in the neighborhood, but with you, I'm just just mean. Would you forgive me of that? Some, Some of you need to do that. Some of you are single men, single ladies, and you're you're not real excited about spending other holidays alone, and you're like, God, hello, (laughs) hello. Would you give that to the Lord? Would you just maybe just in a new way today give it to him? Say, God, I'm going to trust you. You're so good, God. I'm I'm sorry. I doubt you. I'm sorry. Just ah, forgive me, Lord. And God says, I'd forgive you. You're good. I love you. Be patient. You know, I I love the fact, church, by the way, my eyes are still closed and my head's bowed. I know I'm talking, but I I, I love what we're about to do next. I love it. We call it the invitation. We invite you to come. There'll be godly men and women here at this altar. We we will be glad to pray with you, encourage you. Or you may just slip right by us and say, I'm just going to go to the altar and pray. I'm going to thank God today. I'm just going to praise God for my blessings, and I'm so grateful for my, for my job, for my family, for my church. I'm just so grateful. Or maybe you have a big need, a strong need, and you just want to bring that to the Lord. I, I don't know what it is about a public invitation that, that's it's pretty amazing, really. There's a freedom there. There's a joy there, and, and we'll offer this to you today, and we'll offer to pray with you as well. Father, we do. We come. During this time of invitation, as we sing, I pray for a movement of your spirit. I look forward to meeting my wife at the altar, Lord, and just talking to her again and praying with her. And I pray that others would feel the freedom to come and do the same. And this is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jeff, come lead us.